plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in bed. Well, in life, you're definitely in the right place. Food, it's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Podcast. Today, we are starting our journey into the science of longevity, or better say, into the lifestyle of longevity. Today, we are talking about new book, relatively new, new book. It came out, I believe, on Friday, and that's when I read it. The book is by Dr. Stephen Gundry, The Longevity Paradox, How to Die Young at a Ripe Old Age. So Dr. Stephen Gundry um, is, he used to be a really famous heart surgeon before he decided to switch to nutrition to prevent people to get uh, on his table in the first place. So he started to research nutrition and a lifestyle that supports healthy heart. And one of his creations is the book Plant Paradox that came out probably around, I don't know, two years ago, something like that. That's when I first read it, and it got a lot of attention. Um, it, it got a lot of attention from people like Tony Robbins or Peter Diamandis, the founder of uh, X Prize, um, and a lot of other famous people who started to experiment with his diet approach that is basically based on the idea, and there is a lot of research and science, uh, that not all plant foods are good for us, and plants are amazing uh, chemists. And to defend themselves, because uh, you might not think about it, but plants are also a life form, and they don't want to be eaten. They want to procreate and to thrive. And because they cannot run away or defend themselves in any other way, they produce certain chemicals. So the animals that are not involved in their procreation or pollination or in any way benefit them, do not eat them often. Um, So he did this research um, on lectins or plant proteins that some plants produce um, in certain amounts that that are proven to some degree to be to have negative effect on people. That's why, for example, um, some people get problems eating tomatoes or eggplants uh, or cucumbers, um, the plants of nightshade family. 
because they produce those lectins that um, in a lot of people cause inflammatory reactions. So you might think of those foods are, you know, healthy foods. They are plants, they are natural, they are whole foods. Uh, and as long as they are organic and not um, sprayed with tons of pesticides, they should be really good for you, right? Well, wrong. You know, even I myself have reaction to plant lactins, and I do not eat a lot of tomatoes and cucumbers and eggplants at all. That's why you don't see it on, um, on my social media very often. Um, and uh, that's why also I do not eat grains, um, a lot of grains, because a lot of grains, uh, especially gluten-containing grains uh, and a lot of beans, also most of the beans contain, contain high levels of those lectins that are proven to be uh, harmful to our gut bacteria and are proven to increase inflammatory reactions and autoimmune reactions in a lot, a lot of people. And also, uh, as a result of problems with gut bacteria, they can cause a whole, a whole range of uh, different conditions. They can be involved in um, promoting heart disease and uh, things like diabetes or even Alzheimer's disease, we're still not really sure how deep and how far the influence of our gut bacteria go. But um, just think about it. Um, your gut bugs, you have so many of them that they outnumber human cells 10 to 1. So you have more gut bacteria in your gut and everywhere in your skin and uh, in a lot of places in human body, you have more gut, you have more bugs and bacteria than you have human cells. And they have the capability to communicate with each other and send different biochemical um, signals that influence your biochemistry and the way you feel and the when how much energy you have even the main the main organ organ in your cell that produces your energy the energy that you have for life um they are also bacteria that are that, that do live inside your cells so there is a very interesting uh, area of research and it's very young but um, from, from my perspective, it has a lot of potential because even in my health, I uh, cured and diverse vitiligo. Uh, it's um, when your skin basically gets um, patches of uh, white skin, not colored skin. But anyway, uh, that is for another conversation. This So Dr. Stephen Gundry wrote this book, The Longevity Paradox, that is all about the foods that prolong um, our our life and also about the lifestyle that uh, that is proven based on all the observational studies of people who live to 100 and more than 100 and uh, tend to avoid all the degenerative diseases to a degree. Of course, nobody dies, you know, healthy and running around. But uh, most centenarians, centenarians actually do die of nothing but old age. Basically, they live their life, they walk around and they feel pretty good. And then one day they, they die because something fails because of old age. Um, so the longevity paradox, how to die young at um, a ripe old age. First, let's talk about a few interesting ideas in the book that you might not have heard anywhere else. Uh, and uh, more and more science proves that this myth or truth that um, are in the book, they they're probably true, and we will get more science confirming that. So, myth of 
aging of longevity number one. Genes control your fate. So uh, in the old paradigm, paradigm, you might hear that genes or how lucky you were with your genes, that will define to a larger degree how old you're going to be, uh, how how long you're going to live. But more and more research showed that actually centenarians do not share a lot of genetic similarities, but what they do share, guys, is gut bug. So in most centenarians, at least the ones that were tested, they tend to have certain gut bacteria, um, certain varieties of gut bacteria that people who do not live long lives do not have. And also the same bacteria mice has. So the longest living mice has the same same bacteria that the longest living people. And guys, we have more genetic material in our gut bugs than we do have human genetic material. So there is also this idea that we uploaded, kind of like, you know, you upload your data in the cloud. So we uploaded most of our genetic material that is very versatile and adaptable to our gut. So our human uh, genes, we do not actually have that many genes compared to other animals. Uh, I think some um, worms or bacteria even have more um, genetic material than we humans do, except that when you take into account the genetic material that is in our gut, in our gut bacteria, that's when humans are the champions. If you... um, summarize or sum up um, the DNA material, genetic material in our gut bacteria and DNA material in our human genome, that that's where we are the champions and that's where we get the most genetic material. And what is probably the most important thing, the most adaptable and versatile a genetic material that can change based on the environment, on the inputs from the environment that we provide to um, that gut microbiome. So guys, uh, your longevity genes might not be in your DNA, but actually in your gut bacteria DNA. And that's why it's really powerful, because that DNA you can directly influence with uh, your food choices and your lifestyle choices. And that's how you can actually design a certain lifestyle that will maximize, from all that we know, maximize your longevity and your life and health span. So it's all might be in your own hands and shaped by your food choices and your um, lifestyle choices. The next myth, protein. Or let's start from, let's look at it at another angle. So people have been trying, scientists have been trying to identify the common threats in the diets of longest living people uh, across the globe or in the uh, so-called blue zones, areas in the world where people live the longest. Uh, And um, some believe, you know, there are a certain amount of healthy fats or, of course, um, really little to non-processed foods, um, maybe some healthy grains uh, or beans or greens and vegetables. But actually, what all centenarians or longest living people share among them is low animal protein diet most of the time. Um, so most of the areas where centenarians live, they consume a diet that is very low in animal protein. So uh, most of them do not consume a lot of animal products on a daily basis. Um, 
the most of them prefer to eat more eggs or more um, small fatty fish when it comes to animal proteins. Uh, and for sure, they do not drink uh, milk by the gallon every single day and eat all the dairy products from um, the cows that are available in the most Western world. So the common thread among all those diets is a lot of fasting because usually in the areas where people live the longest, they do not have access to all these uh, fancy uh, supermarkets and food 24-7 and they live more or less natural lifestyle and their diet is more or less uh, natural, meaning um, contain mostly whole foods and with very little to non-added stuff like, um, you know, processed sugars or any kind of processed stuff. Uh, and then, uh, again, those people tend to fast a lot, uh, they intermittent fast by default naturally, and then they usually do not eat to starve themselves, but eat to like 80% full, uh, and then usually they're very active. But again, the common threat among all these diets is they do not eat a lot of meat at all. And they consume, uh, to give you an idea, somewhere around maybe like 50 grams uh, 30, 50 grams of animal protein maximum. And then the the thing is, they also consume protein from plant foods, but plant food protein doesn't seem to have any kind of negative effect on longevity. And they also notice that vegetarians and vegans uh, or people who eat less uh, animal products, uh, not necessarily zero, but just less, tend to tend to live the longest among uh, all these communities around the world where centenarians live. So this is a myth um, or kind of like an idea that I want you to think about um, in regards to longevity. People who uh, tend to live the longest seem to be eating the, less anim the least animal protein. Uh, maybe, you know, that advice still holds, like eat your fish a couple of times a week, maybe bags a couple of times a week, and you are done. Eat your protein from plants. And I actually started to lean towards that area, eating less, uh, much less animal protein, maybe sticking to fish for a couple of uh, days a week, and maybe a couple of days a week um, eggs, um, and that's it. The rest is going to come from plant protein. Um, that's for protein. The next one is high metabolic rate is good for you. You, you know, you might uh, hear that, or you're so lucky, you know, from someone, um, uh, who's maybe on a fatter side, not in a negative way, but just who has tend to have more fat, um, to someone who is naturally skinny, you know, you might hear, oh, you're so lucky, you have, um, high rate of metabolism and you can eat whatever you want. But actually from all the longevity studies, it seems that people who live the longest have the lowest metabolic rate. Uh, and guys, what you want to think about here is high metabolism means that, uh, you burn the most energy to live your life. So if you were a car, your engine would basically run very inefficient on the fuel it gets. So um, if you compare like high metabolic person with low metabolic person, so high metabolic person would use more gasoline, so to speak, 
to drive the same distance as low metabolic person who uses LS. Um, but it's not just, you know, that you have to supply few, more fuel to a person with high metabolism because in our day and age, um, you know, there is plenty of fuel. But what um, makes a difference, scientists believe now, is the more fuel you burn, the more oxidative stress you have in your cells, the more... Um, the more uh, reactive oxygen species you have that promote aging. Um, so whenever you create energy in your cells, your mitochondria, energy-producing plants of your cells, create also those byproducts like uh, an energy plant that has all the waste material then then pollute our environment. The same happens in our cells. So mitochondria produce more energy um, because you have a higher demand because of your high metabolism, but also it produces more waste material that actually pollutes the environment of your cells. So you create more energy daily, and then you also pollute your environment more. And that is not a great thing if you want to live the longest. So um, for longest living people, they tend to have lower metabolic rate. Their thyroid hormones tend to be on a lower side. Also, their growth hormones uh, tends to be on a lower side, and even their body temperature seems to be on a lower side. And also, guys, um, I'm asked a lot um, by athletes, like, should they, you know, fast or should they not fast to um, have the best outcome? And I always tell them that if you decided to be a professional athlete or dedicate a lot of your time and energy to you, to your athletism and, and hardcore training, understand that you are not optimizing for longevity. The more energy you need, the more you exercise, the more uh, energy your cells produce, and more again, the more oxidative stress you have. And yes, some oxidative stress is good, so some exercise is good, but when it's too much, it's not good. And that's why among centenarians, you almost never, like I've never heard about centenarians who has been a pro athlete. So pro athletes do not live long, even though they're pretty robust while they're alive, but they're like, I don't know, that high intense burning candle. Burn fast and then they don't burn anymore. <laughs> Whereas something that burns slowly will tend to last longer. Remember that when you create some hardcore exercise programs, more exercise is not better. It is not, guys. Like you want to have just enough to keep yourself healthy and running and efficient and effective to prevent degenerative diseases. You want to have a lot of recovery protocols, but um, pro-athletism is not great for your longevity or high metabolism also is not great for your longevity. So those are the myths. Uh, your genes do not control your uh, longevity. Your gut bugs genes control your longevity. And uh, their DNA and genes are totally in your control. That is very powerful, guys. So use it. Uh, make your food and lifestyle choices um, wisely. Eat lower on animal protein if you want to optimize for longevity. And three... 
high metabolic rate is not good and burning through a lot of fuel is not great and being a pro athlete is not great for longevity either so we're gonna start here for the myth even though in the books there are more so i highly recommend you to pick up this book uh, it has a lot, a lot of information that i could not possibly put in in one podcast i'm just going to give you what i believe the most important and more and most interesting and what is not talked that much in um health fitness longevity community uh, now let's move to foods that are actually recommended in this book foods that tend to promote guess what your gut health because your healthy gut bugs will make you live longer so the foods that are amazing for your gut health and are amazing for you too so first the foods that are rich in prebiotics and prebiotics uh, versus probiotics guys prebiotics are the foods for your gut bugs whereas probiotics are different substances peels of foods that do have gut bugs so um, in the book there is that comparison that probiotics is like seeds for your good gut microbiome whereas prebiotics are the fertilizer for those seeds so prebiotics foods are foods that provide a lot of food for your gut bugs and those are Tubers like yams, jicama, uh, bagas, parsnips, sweet potatoes, mushrooms, taro roots, uh, yuca, celeriac root, Jerusalem artichokes, chicory, radicchio, artichoke, Belgian endive. Um, so again, tubers like yams, jicama, rutabagas, parsnips, sweet potatoes, mushrooms, taro roots, yucca, celeriac, Jerusalem, artichoke, chicory, radicchio. Also, guys, in, if you want to get more prebiotic fiber from things like potatoes or rice or even pasta, there is a trick. You cook them, you cool them down for like eight hours and you eat them cold. And that's how you... Um, Convert most of the starches that are not that great for your gut microbiome and your also blood glucose into um, resistant starches that are prebiotics and that are super healthy for your gut bugs. Ground, ground flax seeds. So basically flax seeds that you put it in some kind of a grinder and you get your ground flax seeds. Also amazing. And I love to add them to anything I eat really. If I eat smoothies or if I eat my fruits or I eat any kinds of food, maybe eggs or whatever, I grind my flax seeds and put it there. So amazing source of prebiotic fiber too. Artichokes, as we mentioned again, leeks and onions and garlics, amazing for your gut um, bacteria. Okra, I don't know if you heard about uh, this vegetable, but also really amazing for your gut uh, bacteria. It's um, considered to be more of like Asian vegetable. You can find okra um, in chips sometimes um, in places like whole food markets. So jicama, it's Mexican potato, I would say. But um, what I love about it is you can eat it raw. You can make like jicama sticks and maybe use some guacamole with it. So I love it, but you can also cook it. Cruciferous veggies are amazing for your gut bug. So broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, um, they have a lot of prebiotic fiber, uh, but also a lot of vitamins, minerals. They're probably one of the healthiest 
foods for people who want to live the longest. So again, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, a lot of vitamins, a lot of fiber, chicory family, um, so Belgian endive, radicchio, uh, they are the chicory family uh, vegetables, so also amazing for your gut bugs. Then nuts have a lot of different kinds of fibers, but you want to be careful with nuts. Some of the nuts are proven not to be that great for health and for our gut bug health, like peanuts that are not actually nut but legume, uh, cashews that are seeds actually, uh, tend to be pro-inflammatory, and uh, I myself personally react uh, with mild inflammation, and my gut feels, you know, like sometimes you eat something and it feels like meh, you know, like you just feel uncomfortable, even though it's not like painful or anything. That's what I get every, and also I retain more water when I eat peanuts or cashews, so I try to not eat them. But uh, amazing nuts are almonds, walnuts, pistachios, hazelnuts, uh, macadamia nuts, pine nuts. Uh, just make sure they're not roasted in vegetable oils that are super bad for you. Uh, dry roasted or raw, even better. Mushrooms have amazing prebiotic fiber and mushrooms also the only source of plant vitamin D3 because mushrooms are not actually plants. They're a separate kingdom. They're mushrooms. They're somewhere between plants and animals, if you didn't know that. But mushrooms are good for you. Low sugar fruits like avocados, uh, amazing for your gut health and also amazing source of healthy fats. Green bananas, green bananas, um, when they are ripe, bananas, um, they uh, have a lot of simple sugars, uh, but when they're green, they have a lot of prebiotic fiber. So you can cook them or eat them raw, add them to your smoothies. Raspberries, blackberries, mulberries, also amazing for a source of a prebiotic fiber, but also polyphenols or plant antioxidants that are super amazing for, for longevity and your cellular health. Figs and coconuts. Um, so figs are actually flowers and coconuts are tree nuts, but they are amazing sources of prebiotic fiber. Healthy fats, another food group that is absolutely essential for longevity and for healthy fats. So anti-inflammatory fats are fats like omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, omega-6 fatty acids are also, they are, they tend to be pro-inflammatory, but you need them uh, because you need them for some reactions like your immune systems and your brain is half omega-3, omega-6 fatty acids. So, and those fatty acids you cannot consume. So the best sources of omega-3 uh, fatty acids, as you know, fish oil, DHA, EPA, good quality fish and algae oil. Um, then when it comes to omega-6, you can get them from pastured tray, uh, pastured eggs, amazing source of flax seeds, also an amazing source. And also a lot of uh, nuts have uh, omega-6 fatty acids in the best form. And in the best, I mean, omega-6 are not uh, stable, meaning they're oxidized really easily and they go rancid. Basically, they go bad. So you, that's why you don't want to consume flaxseed oil, but you want to consume uh, flax seeds. You grind them and you eat them. Um, store them whole, grind them, and then eat them right away. And that's why also vegetable oils uh, like canola oil are not great for you because um, 
Well, because they're the sources of omega-6 and omega-3s, like uh, cottonseed oil, canola oil, you know, they have different kinds of fats, but they're not stable and they're oxidized really easily by light or by temperature and just the whole processing make, make them unstable and really pro-inflammatory. So that's why you want to get your omega-6s from uh, whole food sources like nuts and seeds and flax seeds especially and also whole eggs. MCT oil is amazing for your brain health, amazing energy source. So MCT oil and coconut oil, but MCT oil is the best uh, when it comes to providing energy for your brain. Olive oil, of course, one of the best fats for your longevity, has a lot, a lot of polyphenols and antioxidants that are super amazing for your cellular health. And then there are also great oils like macadamia nut oil, walnut oil, avocado oil, uh, coconut oil, as I said. Those are amazing um, oils. What uh, what fats are not that great, actually, for longevity, uh, even though it might be controversial, but it seems that it's true from all the data that we got from centenarians. A lot of saturated fats of animal origins are not great for your health. So maybe, you know, some butter here and there is fine, or some goat or sheep dairy products uh, like cheese or yogurts are uh, good. But a lot of animal fats and most of the animal fats are saturated fats are not uh, great for you. So try to limit those. Try to limit your dairy products, especially if it's conventional dairy products, almost to none. Milk for sure. Uh, goat, sheep, yogurt, and cheeses and butter um, are much better because they do not have growth hormones and uh, the uh, sugars uh, that cows milk have so goat and sheep dairy uh, and even better plant-based yogurts and cheeses like coconut milk and yogurt or almond cheeses and yogurts uh, just make sure they're not sweetened ghee is better than butter or um, basically clarified butter um, what else oh of course dark chocolate is amazing for your longevity and green tea about those we will talk more about tomorrow with the author of another book. But dark chocolate with the least sugar as possible. I eat 100% dark chocolate, so no sugar added. Uh, green tea because of polyphenols uh, and plant ox antioxidants. They're amazing for your um, gut health. So we talked about what is good for our health. Let's um, briefly talk about what is really, really bad for your gut health and your longevity simple sugars and starches. And in the book, they even talk a lot about fruit. So whole fruits like mango, so pineapples, uh, so high sugary, sugary fruit or ripe bananas, uh, and even apples, you know, high sugary apples, because apples can be different grapes. But guys, what I want uh, to you to think about is, I don't think fruit necessarily is bad for you. That's my personal opinion. What I do think if you eat it too much of it, and if you combine it with high-protein diet and high-fat diet, that's a disaster. Uh, but I'm not that convinced that eating some fruit in um, separation from other foods like high-protein foods or uh, high-fat foods do any harm. And uh, most of the studies, from what I know, uh, that say that fructose is bad for you, made with actual high fructose syrup, not uh, whole fruits. And in the book, there is also no studies, uh, no examples of studies that prove that actually fruit is in any way bad, bad for you. 
uh, sugar substitutes, though, a lot of studies, they negatively affect your gut bacteria health and your longevity. So anything but natural uh, sweeteners like stevia or monk fruit, um, what else out there? I believe those are like two natural ones, stevia and monk fruit, and that's basically it. Um, Conventional dairy products are one of the worst things for your gut health. Um, like again, milk and dairy, pro- dairy products from conventional uh, farming. Bad fats for your um, longevity are vegetable oils, as we talked a lot about, like cottonseed, corn, canola oil, sunflower, safflower, um, soybean oil, uh, also saturated fats, too many saturated fats from animal products. Um, and that's it, guys. So we talked about the myth uh, in uh, longevity research or in longevity studies like um, that your genes define your longevity. Now we know that your gut box genes. Uh, then we talked about proteins, uh, animal proteins that seem to be really not great for your longevity. High metabolic rate also seems uh, not to be great for your longevity and uh, uh, a lot of training. Um, then we talked about foods that are good for our gut box and foods that are bad for our gut box. And uh, in conclusion, I want to finish it with a short workout and a lifestyle guidelines that uh, Dr. Stephen Goddard gives us at the end of his book. So every day he does his five-minute workout. He recommends to everyone as the very least for longevity because movement and light exercise, moderate exercise is amazing for longevity and health. So his five-minute workout that he does every day is one-minute jog in place, one minute crunches or sit-ups, one minute plank, one minute squats, and one minute of meditation. So five minutes jogging, crunches, plank, squats, meditation. Um, then he also recommends to do high-intensity interval training, 10 minutes, three times uh, a week. And that can be jogging, sprinting, well, not jogging, but sprinting or cycling or swimming. The basic idea of high-intensity interval training is you do something for like 30 seconds, really inten- intense, all out, and then you rest for 30 seconds completely, and then you repeat it 10 times, and that's your 10 minutes, and you do that three times a week. That's the recommendation from the book. So in addition to five-minute workout, you're going to do 10 minutes of high-intensity interval training. And then as lifestyle guidelines, what uh, practices are amazing for your longevity, are sauna, and there is a lot of research proving how sauna is great for you. Cold showers that I, by the way, do every single morning. Um, sleep, prioritizing your sleep, sleeping on the you know on the same schedule, sleeping eight hours a night, uh, um, improving the quality of your sleep. Um, meditation is also proven to be amazing for your longevity. And then connecting with others, with your loved ones, with your friends, um, making sure that you have great uh, social environment and social support. That, those are common things uh, among, amongst centenarians and longest living people. 
So that's our longevity episode today, guys. Uh, if you have any questions or if you want to really dig deeper into the research, into the longevity lifestyle, pick up this book, one of the best books right now on the subject, The Longevity Paradox, How to Die Young at an Old Ripe Age by Dr. Stephen Gundry, also the author of Plant Paradox. Um, tomorrow we'll talk with James uh, D. Nicolantonio, the author of The Longevity um, Solution, that is all about polyphenols and compounds and have the most of them because they're super good for your longevity. Those are things like, you know, resveratrol, find in um, red wine or uh, coffee, tea, also minerals like sodium, magnesium. Um, yes, uh, and um, yeah. That's the that's what we're gonna have tomorrow, and that's another episode gonna be about food news and what's new in the food world. Thank you for tuning in today, guys. I wish you long, long life, uh, and I want you to remember that in order to have that long life, a lot of it is in your hands and it's in your daily food and lifestyle choices. And in order to uh, ensure your long and healthy life you gotta start working on it today no matter what age you are you gotta start working on it today right now your next meal thank you for tuning in i love you all guys live long and prosper (laughs) and as usual till next time eat better daily